0: All right, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for you and thank you for our time together so far in worship. And now as we open your word, Lord, uh, and as we have been uh, studying uh, the first quarter of this year and learning from you about what it is to grow in grace through the word of grace, your word, and how foundational and fundamental it is uh, to our spiritual growth, I pray that this morning as we open your word again, that through your spirit, the spirit of truth, the counselor, that you would not only help us to understand it, not just to hear it, not just to kind of get it, but then, Lord, to be doers. Lord, that uh, you know each person here in these seats. You know where we are with you. You know where we are in our sanctification. And so, Lord, bring the application. Speak. Speak clearly. Even if it's even if it's, even if it's just that next step. Lord, make it clear. And then, Lord, when we leave, give us... Uh, Lord, the faithfulness, the commitment, the really the enabling power to, to do what it is you call us to do uh, in response to your word this morning. So we love you and commit the rest of our time to you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome. I know that uh, we have quite a few visitors uh, this morning and, and just real quick, just want to bring you up to speed. We have spent the first quarter of 2019 really looking at fundamentals. And the fundamental of fundamentals would be the Bible, Scripture, right? Everything we know about the gospel, everything we know about Jesus, eternity, all really comes back to the fundamental of fundamentals, the Word of God. And we're commanded to grow in grace, and that's fundamentally done through the Word of grace. And so we've been looking at that and, and several nuances, checking our hearts. And and the, the last several weeks, we've, we've seen uh, a connection between... Uh, being doers, as, as I said, we're not just to be hearers, but being doers and blessings. Blessings, right? James one twenty five says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And so that launched us into sort of this several weeks, almost six weeks now of Looking at the connection between the Word of God and, and what is biblical blessing, right? We saw several weeks ago that this sort of hashtag blessing is, is one of those trendy things in the church and, and a word we kind of throw out, hey, I'm blessed. Are you blessed? I've been so blessed. And, and unfortunately, I think there's, there's been some lack of clarity, even with the best of intentions, even unintentionally. And, And if we're not careful, if we don't understand biblical blessing, it can kind of spin some people. Like, you know, for instance, we tend to equate blessing with material, economic, financial, circumstantial prosperity or favor, favorable circumstances. So many of us have tended to say I'm blessed synonymous with I had a good week. But you have to be real careful with that. Because if that's your definition, don't do this. If I raise your hand and you define yourself, uh, your, your definition of being blessed is favorable circumstances as a general definition, then you're going to raise your hand. But what if someone next to you had a horrible week? Are they not blessed? You see how a lack of clarity can really leave someone spinning because suddenly, man, 90% of the people had a smile on their face, and they're defining themselves as blessed. I guess I'm on the JV. I guess I'm on the not-quite-there-yet team for God. And that's why we have to be very careful. We can celebrate God's blessings, and we're gonna, we've been looking at that, but we have to be very careful about the use of our words because we can inadvertently be <sighs> causing some confusion, even in the church, because we saw that word... And that verse, in fact, in Proverbs 8.32, it says, Now then, my children, listen to me, blessed or happy are those who keep my ways. And Jesus says in Luke, he, Jesus, replied, blessed or happy, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Right. So Jesus himself makes the connection between obedience and blessed. In fact, the word makarios, right? Everyone say makarios, right? We looked at that for like four or five weeks. What is makarios? It is literally happy. But it's not like silly, giddy, happy, like hee hee hee, you know. It's not like phony happy. What it really is, biblical blessedness, what Jesus is talking about, Makarios, is a deep joy. It's spiritual happiness. It's spiritual thriving. It's spiritual prosperity based on being under God's favor. Amen? See, Makarios is rooted in who we are in Christ and how God sees us, not circumstance. Not circumstance. So if you're, if you're a child of God this morning and you had a horrific week, you know what you can say by faith in the word of God? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Because your circumstances are not indicative of God's favor on you. But see, again, even in the church, that takes some unwinding because depending on what you're reading, what you're watching, what you're listening to, even in the church, this idea of being blessed, being directly tied to favorable circumstances, you've got to be real careful with that because you're going down to health, wealth, and prosperity. And then suddenly it's all really about you and what do I have to do to earn God's blessing. And suddenly my circumstances turn upside down. I lose my job. I get sick. And suddenly you're like, did I fall out of God's blessings? Does God not like me anymore? And you get all twisted up. You get all insecure about who you are in Christ. When truth be known, if you're a child of God, right now, God loves you. What did we talk about? You are complete, loved, accepted, pleasing. We've spent years on it. Right? Right? Around here. Right? So that's our acronym, right? If you're a child of God, we've looked at this before. Everyone say, complete, complete. loved, Loved. accepted, accepted, pleasing. Right? That is something to clap about. Amen? Has nothing to do with your circumstances. It's positional truth. It's positional truth. You're lacking nothing. You are complete. You are loved. You are accepted. You are pleasing. Right? That's who you are as you sit here. Turn to the person next to you and say, as you sit here. (laughs) Right? Right? This, this is that crazy part of the blessedness of God that sometimes I don't know why the church is just cutting all somber. Where are you going? Church. What are you going to do? Sing to God? You want to come? God loves you. Going to heaven. Right? What are we? We are. Okay, complete. Some of you, that just made your, you could leave now. Don't, but you could leave because that was a sermon. You have to, because you're going to leave here and and you're going to, something bad may happen today. Something's going to say, someone may say something mean to you. Someone may, you may not get the number of likes you were hoping on that photo you posted. <laughs> Someone may post something me, right? And it's going to put you in a tailspin in your identity and your esteem. We're going to go down the toilet, and you're going to go, oh, well, uh, uh," and hopefully you'll go, "Ah." right? When I was first uh, in ministry and learning, kind of getting comfortable public speaking and all this, I used to get nervous. And and I would be off, and I'm like, okay, Lord, heart's beating, and I'm just kind of getting tied up. And you know what I would do? this, This is where this came from. I'd say, okay, you're complete, you're loved, you're accepted, you're pleasing. You're complete, loved, accepted, pleasing. So I'm in the backstage going, <laughs> you know? Why? Because I'm choosing to focus on this before I got out of here. See, if I come out here every Sunday and I'm really tied up in knots about what I think you're going to think about me or if this is whatever, now I'm, now I'm into man pleasing. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. So if I come out here in the least bit afraid of what you're going to think about me, we're all done. We're all done. But if I come out here as confident as I can be through the word of God that I am complete, loved, accepted, and pleasing, whether or not you laughed or you whatever, you got something, and I'm just faithful to preach the word, then I'm free. Then then we all benefit from that. And so this idea of blessing is tied, Jesus says, blessed are those who hear and do. So in our obedience, there is a direct relationship enjoying experiencing makarios right god's blessing in 1 john 5:3 it says this for this is a love of god that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome we talked about that whole idea of why is it that we see god's word as burdensome because this directly says it's not so it's a heart check it's a gut check for everyone who has been born of god overcomes the world And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So we talked about that we have the victory in Jesus. Amen? Right? That word victory in those verses, that's the only time it occurs in the Bible. And it's Nike. It's the goddess of victory. You would know it as Nike. That's what it is. It's in the Greek, it's nike, it's victory. And in that passage, what would have blown away that audience was that the writer is saying, hey, you believers, your position in Christ, we're equating to the goddess of victory in the Greek culture. It would have blown them away. And, we, and then we saw in Romans 8.37, it says, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Not only are we victorious, Romans 8.37 says, we're more than conquerors. How many of you really... It's just kind of like major day that you're on the winning team. Okay, five of you like to be on the winning team. How many of you you're like, yes, I'm on the winning team? You see, again, it's one of those weird things. Like we know that there's an enemy. We know there's a world out there. We know, you know, Jesus said you will have trials and tribulations. We get that, but we get so circumstance driven that we forget we already won. We won. If you're watching the final four, you know, those of you in the in the basketball right now, right? It's yet to be determined who the winner is. But I guarantee you, if, if the winners knew who they were, it would change everything. How many of you have ever watched a repeat of a, of a sports game and knew the outcome? Anyone? So you're there, and you know you're watching the football game with someone who hasn't seen it. And so they're going crazy. And you're sitting there like, don't bother me. How could they do that? How could they do that? You already know the team won. And you're like, I don't know. And you're just kind of giggling because they don't know. And you're, you know, it's gonna, you want to say it's going to be okay, but you don't want to spoil it. You don't want to spoil it for them, but you know it's going to be fine. Right? It's going to be fine in the big picture. Amen? If you ever believe your name is written in the book of life, it, it's going to be fine. And, and yet we have to kind of work through this in our sanctification. We have to work through this in our sanctification. And, and so we're going to continue that today, and we're going to look at, at, again, the connection between blessed. And we're going to look at a different word in the New Testament for today for blessed, blessed, blessing, uh, as we kind of try to get a, a real biblical understanding of uh, what it means even in today to bless the Lord or to say blessed be God or blessed be the God and Father. What is What does that even mean? Later on, we're going to sing a song. Bless the Lord. What does that mean? Right? I don't know. Sounds cool. I like the melody. But do we really know what it means to bless the Lord? Can we bless the Lord? I thought he's the blessor and we're the blessees. How are we supposed to bless the Lord? Right? Ephesians 1.3 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Wow. Three bless blesses in one sentence. If you were to read, uh, keep reading all the way to the end of this passage... Uh, verse 14, it acts actually in the Greek, it's a believe it or not, who, any English teachers, majors in here, right? So verses 3 to 14, we're not going to read it all, but verses 3 to 14 is actually one sentence, 200, 202 words in the Greek. There's your run-on sentence, right? There's your run-on sentence. But for us, they broke it up into verses. And so 3 says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly places, my prayer for us is, as we understand today, what God has already done, that it'll really just—you'll understand what it is to bless the Lord. But they're connected, right? I was reading this article; it, it, it's fascinating. It's about uh, us Californians, and and those are actually those who have lived in California, maybe even moved away, right? Uh, there's a title of an article written in uh, October of last year. Here's the title. California has billions in unclaimed cash, and some might belong to you. The cash transfer to the state for safekeeping includes bank accounts that might have been forgotten, uncashed checks, insurance policy money, stocks, safe deposit boxes, and other unclaimed cash. The 770 million is just part of the nine billion in unclaimed property being held by the state. Right now, of California. Right? So how do Californians find out whether they have unclaimed property? You go to the California State Controller's website. There's no limit or cost for filing a claim, right? So you can go on there. So guess what I did this morning? (laughs) I went to the California State Controller's website, and in there there's an unclaimed property search. And all you have to do is type in your last name. It's the only one with the red asterisk. So I typed in my last name. Boom! They make sure you're not a robot. So you do this little robot thing, right? Three pages of Laton was. I'm like, yeah, right now. I'm, like, I'm looking for me. I'm like, oh, really? I had nothing. <laughs> so some of you are so excited right now. Some of you are so excited right now, right? I, I, I put that out there because I want you to be excited because I want you to now compare 150 or whatever it might be from the state of California to eternal riches. Because in the same way, it's, it's sitting there waiting to be claimed. That's the whole point of this. I, let's put Ephesians, Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In the NIV, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That first word, blessed, eulogatos, it's where we get the word eulogy. Eulogatos, right? That's where we get eulogy. And what is a eulogy, right? If you've been to funerals, when you eulogize someone, it's to speak well of. Somebody, it's to speak well, to praise. So when it says, "Blessed be the God and Father," that really just means praise, praise, right? So when you say, "How does what does it mean to blessed be the God and Father?" or to pray, bless the Lord, it just means to praise him, extol him, worship him. That's what it means to bless the Lord, praise the Lord, worship the Lord, right? The Old Testament equivalent would be the word Barak, to kneel down, to bless God as an act of adoration. It means to kneel down to praise, right? In worship. Psalm 95, 6. Oh, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel Barak before the Lord, our maker. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless Barak the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 103. Bless Barak the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless Barak, the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Amen? You see, how do we bless the Lord? It's to praise him. Kneel, worship, adore him, extol him. Why? Why? Look at, Go back. Eileen, put up 1-3 again. Blessed, okay, praise, extol, worship the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every, with every spiritual blessing. He's done something already. It's past tense, has blessed. It's, a, it's something God has already done. You've got to understand that. God has spoken, right? That's the verb. God has done something. He has spoken good things about us. He has pronounced good things for our benefit. He has acted for our good based on our need. He has blessed us. Everyone say past tense. You are already blessed. My brother had money already sitting there. He just had to claim it. If you're a believer in Christ, it's past tense, has blessed. You have to focus on appropriating it and not asking for it. You see the difference? It's already there in your spiritual bank account according to his eternal riches. It's already there. Right? And then it says, He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing, which is every spiritual benefit needed for spiritual life. It's inexhaustible. It's inexhaustible. It's spiritual because it's imparted by the Holy Spirit, it's spiritual because it deals with the spiritual realm, supernatural realm. But here's the crazy thing it's already there. You already have claim to your Father's inheritance. It's already there. And yet again, this is, this is part of that kind of that misconception of God's blessings where we get caught up kind of almost in the works mentality where we feel like we have to earn God's blessings. And then we start to keep score and we start to get these scales and we're like, okay, if I'm better this week, God will bless me. And if I did wrong, he's going to take my blessings away. We already have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Every, everyone say every. every. Turn to the person next to you and say every. every, 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 every. I mean, every is every. I mean, right now, if you were to read from uh, verses four to fourteen, he does go into a list. Just here's some things he talks about. You've been adopted as sons. We talked about meaning the importance of as sons. This means you come you come to faith in Jesus. You have this position of sonship, right? Your redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, and inheritance. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance, right? It's all there. It's all there. Warren Wiersbe says, when you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, God gave you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You now have your inheritance. All you need do is appropriate that inheritance by faith and draw on his riches and glory. The Word of God is the will that tells you how rich you are, and faith is the key that opens the vault so you can claim your inheritance. It's there. It's there. Second Peter 1 3 in the New Living says this By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him. The one who God, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory. And excellence. We've been given everything we need. It's all—it's it's there. It's there. And sometimes kind of we, we, we live as kind of spiritual paupers. And we have this mentality that we're still, even though we're in Christ and we see LAP and we do this, we leave here and we just go right back into, well, here we go again, Lord. I hope I don't make you too mad this week. And maybe you'll throw me some crumbs of blessings. Because only the super spiritual A-team varsity Christians get God's blessings, and they seem to be joyful, and they seem to be walking in this victory, this Nikkei, you know? No. Here's the glorious news. When you put your faith in Jesus, you're all part of the fam. You're all part of the fam. And it's crazy because God's not like, oh, my gosh, I have limited resources. So you get this and you're just gonna get a little and I really like you because you lead women's groups so you get more and every is every to everyone amen that's kind of this finite mind has a hard time wrapping my mind around that every spiritual blessing applies to every Believer, every day. <laughs> I mean, you just can't. If, if you just start to, if you give yourself permission to believe it, watch what happens. See, some of us are so performance driven, some of us are so conditional love driven that you're having a hard time with this right now. You're having a hard time receiving this gift. You're having a hard time saying, you're struggling, no free lunch, got to earn my way, rock gone. it's just sitting there, right, it's it's like someone, some of you, because I know some of you are going to go to that website today. Just make sure it's not some weird, one. it's California state controller. It's legit. You're, it, it was be you go there, and you're like, John's like, score. Ah, just leave it. And Annette's like, are you crazy? Fill out the claim. Oh, no, it can't be me. It must be a mistake. I never win. It, it's a mistake. It's not even worth trying in that. I, I, why, why would I, it's not even worth it. I, nothing ever goes my way. God doesn't like me and apparently either does the state of California. So, so what's the use? You know? That's how some of us are living your Christian life. You won't even fill out the claim form. Because you've already decided it's too good to be true. You've already decided it's too good to be true. Which goes all the way back to God's grace. It's unmerited. So let me let it out. It is too good to be true. But it's still true. Amen? It's crazy. I'm just telling you. Yeah, it is crazy. Last week Bill was talking about the need to really be careful about letting the culture come into the church. And, and it's powerful message. Amen? Powerful message. And in part of that illustration, you know he brought up the well bouncers, and they sat right they were they right here and it was a, It was a powerful illustration of guarding and and I was thinking of that in light of appropriating blessings because we do need to be careful we do need to be discerning about what we let in and what we watch and what we listen to and, and all of that you, you know you have to be careful about the culture because you can get lulled into it. The flip side is you have to be careful. Because when we say, you know, guard, it doesn't mean hunker down and live in fear as a believer. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean like close the blinds and da-da-da and all of a sudden we're not living in victory. We're sort of just living more as a victim. And we're in the corner like in boxing and you're just covering up and the opponent's like this. Boom, 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 boom. And you're like, I love Jesus. Come to my church. This is what we do. We get in the corner and we let the world pummel us. That is not Nikkei. That's just getting beat up. Right? So what do we do? How many of you have ever heard the phrase, the best defense is a good offense? That's what we're talking about here. Sure, the world's going to come at us. The world devil the flesh we got that it's always there but we don't live in the corner and we don't let these three do this that's not why jesus called us to this abundant life hey come follow me because we're supposed to go to a corner and let the be pummeled that is not he says i came to give you life and life abundantly he said i want my joy to be in you right so how do we do this how do we walk in victory what's what's if the best defense is a good offense what is it right what is it you hear that in military you hear it in sports right so what do we do right tim challey says this the more i live this christian life the more i see that there's a spiritual level of truth in that old and worn phrase the best defense really is a good offense the best way to protect my heart and life is to be constantly on the offensive it is in those times that i ease off those times where i grow complacent and disinterested that I am most prone to sin, most prone to wandering. It is in those times that I begin to lose battles. The words of 1st Corinthians 10:12 seem applicable. Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. When I think I can stand on my own power, I am priming myself for a great fall. Right? So how do we go on the offensive? Right? It's to be proactive, it's to be intentional. It is not to be offending. Don't, don't, that is not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about being offensive and offending people. No, we're talking about being proactive, intentional, not just sitting in the corner taking it. No, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. And there's three things that you can do, and we're, this is their series for 2019. First one is the Word. You want to you be offensive? You want to take initiative? You want to come out in the world strong? you got to be in the Word. Look at Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let. It's a choice. Ali will leave that up. Dwell. Let the word of Christ dwell. You know what the word dwell is? Take up residence, inhabit, be at home, completely familiar with. How many of you in your homes you could walk around in pitch black and you know where to turn, you know where things are, right? He's saying... Let the word of Christ dwell in you to such a degree that it's like at home. You're that familiar with it. Right? I I was very interested. I was thinking of it and in richly, abundantly, extravagantly. What they're talking about here is, is letting the word of Christ, being proactive, letting the word of God so fill you that it affects everything. Right? Let me give you some examples. I had the opportunity to go to my first uh, Dodger game, Chavez Ravine, this past Monday, and it was kind of a challenge because I grew up in San Diego as a Padre fan, right, right? And I had some family up last, uh, yesterday, and I told them about this experience of going to the blue side, and, um, and I said, you know what I did to kind of fit in like when in Rome? I bought a Dodger hat. Oh! You What? I know, it's kind of weird. I was like, tried it on in the store, and I'm like, I'm new to like old school blue and gold San Diego, and I'm like, right? So I go to this stadium, and they have this big what's that what's that phrase? Bleeding blue? Right? They have this phrase, bleeding blue, and, and everyone I I I like baseball, but I'm kind of been out of it. But man, people know the Dodgers. They know statistics, they know everything, they know histories, where they're born, they know the Dodgers. And I'm like, what would it be like if they knew the Word of God like that? What about your career? What about your video game? What about your hobby? Think about something you know inside and out that you've invested 30, 10, 10, 20, 30 years into, whether it's a hobby, a career, a sport. Magic, right? Sleight of hand. Think of something you're really good at that has required effort, diligence, and now you just know it secondhand and it just comes out automatically. That's what he's talking about here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you that richly. And then what happens? It says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. The second part of that is just it just comes out. You bleed the word of God. Amen. That just happens. You let it in. It ri- dwells in you richly. You become so familiar. It's like home. You can't help. It'll just come out in conversation. It'll just come into your mind. You get these songs. That's what he's talking about here. So the first step to being offensive, big best defense, to good offense, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Right? Prayer. Hebrews 4. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. second thing you can do, pray. Go to the throne of grace. Just pray. Third, Hebrews 10 again. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What's the third thing you can do? The church. Be committed to the church. As imperfect as the church is. You've heard me often say, right? If you find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll mess it up, right? Because we're out there hunting for the perfect church because you've got to meet all my needs. Perfect church doesn't exist. Because the church is made up of who? Turn to the person next to you and smile, because that's you. That's who the church is made up of, the person that's going to annoy you sometime before you put your head down tonight. It's the church, amen? But it says, don't neglect meeting together. Don't neglect meeting together. And by the way, I, again, I just want to say thank you to the church for everyone that helped Tierra and Garrett uh, Start and celebrate their uh, wedding and, and marriage. Thank you very much. And and it was tough for me. I'll be honest with you. I would. How many of you would much rather be on the serving end than the receiving end? Yeah, you know. So yesterday and, and the last two days, many of you um, blessed myself and my family. And at times, I was just like kind of, you know, that that being on the receiving end, tough at times. And and yet that's the church. And God's like. Hey, pastor, that's the church. Just let them be the church, right? Three things you can do. The word, prayer, be committed to the church. Best defense is a good offense. The word, pray, the church. Deal the deal. And here's what happens. Here's here's what I mean by how it's the best. It's a really good uh, defense. I mean, it's crazy. I'm in the Word. It's dwelling in me richly. I'm praying. I'm at the throne of grace, right? I'm committed. I'm around other believers. There's so much spiritual life going in me, in me this way, and going out this way, the world doesn't have any room to come in. It's what they call, what do you call it? A one-way valve. So much is happening here, and so much is going out of my life through the Holy Spirit to others, there's no room for the world to come in. It's all going out. It's when I stop reading and I stop praying and I disconnect from the church. Suddenly, the forces of the world start seeping in. You want it to change? There's your three. Let it start to flow. Get lit on God and let it flow out. As a parent, that's what I wanted my kids. That's what I tried to role model for my kids. Sure, we got to be guarded, but I didn't want my kids to be scared of the world. I did not want my kids to be scared of the world. What I wanted my kids to do was love Jesus and get kind of lit and get this, and it's going out this way. because when they, when you get the Word of Christ in you and you're praying and you're around the right godly people, you know what? Decisions kind of follow. You make kind of the godly God-honoring decisions as a fruit, as a byproduct. That's living abundantly. That's living abundantly, right? Martin Lloyd-Jones says, much of the trouble in the church today is due to the fact that we are so subjective, so interested in ourselves, so egocentric. That is the particular error of this present century. We must not start by examining ourselves and our needs microscopically. We must start with God and forget ourselves. Here's the crazy thing. Ephesians 1.3 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Right? So we're going to bless God in response to what God did. Okay. Here's what that means. How many parents here have ever given your kids money to go buy Christmas presents or birthday presents? And how many of them ever used your money to buy you a gift? So I bless my kids with money. And they're like, Dad, look what I got you. Really? You got that for me. Well, it's your money. I picked it. Do you see what's happening here in this verse? "Blessed, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave us everything in the first place. It all starts with him. The cross started with him. We did nothing to deserve that. And so he gives us the cross. He gives us all spiritual blessings. And what do we do in response? Bless him. That's, that's, that's the heart of this. this that's kind of what this is. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Why? Because he already on the front end gave us everything. It's just incredible response. It's this incredible life. It's this incredible joy that you you walk in, right? Psalm ninety-five six. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, and one of the most profound parts of of Mass that still stick with me, and that I actually still miss, is the kneeling. And there was a time when I was a teenager. I think I was in junior high, or high school. And typically in, in Roman Catholic mass, you kneel right before communion and during communion, right? And I remember there was one mass we were at, and I and I, kneeled and I knelt down and went to communion. I came back, and I, I just knelt down. I was on the kneeler, and, you know, you just, you just have time with God. And I don't know what it was, but I was just profoundly overwhelmed with a sense of reverence and awe for God in the kneeling, in the kneeling. And sometimes I, I wish we had kneelers. I wish we had room. Because there is something very profound when you say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. There's something very profound when it says, come, let us worship and bound, Let us kneel. You see, because we don't kneel, that word is almost meaningless. But when you kneel, even here, or I encourage you, try this before you go to sleep tonight or right before, right? Kneel. And see what it does to you in your heart and mind. Kneel. Think about all, every spiritual blessing. Complete, loved, accepted, pleasing, adopted. Everything that is God's pouring out to you all the time. 24-7, 365. And let that drop you to your knees. Let that drop you to your knees and see what that does and what it wells up in you. And just worship back. For some of you, you're going to start just screaming and hooting and hollering, and the neighbors are going to wonder what the heck is going on. Some of you, you might start singing. Some of you, you might start crying. Some of you, you might end up flat on your face and you can't even speak because you're in the presence of God who loves you that much. And you just won't even know what to do. You just won't even know what to do. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And before we take communion, we're going to sing, come let us worship and bow down. Now I know this you can't really get to the kneeling position here, and I'm not asking you to. But, but as best we can, let's, let's take some time and let the profound realities of being past tense blessed with every spiritual blessing. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Father, we thank you. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us in Christ with every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? Father, we may or may not have something waiting for us in the state of California, but by golly, and through faith in Jesus, we have all that we need spiritually and much more. It's just waiting. And so I pray for those here that have been struggling and maybe feeling less than, maybe feeling like, where's where's my blessings, God? Here I am. Did Did you miss me when you were doling out the inheritance? Lord, I pray you would just profoundly, profoundly speak your truth and love into their hearts that they have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. From Father. Psalm 95, 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Father, we love you so much. We love you so much. And as we prepare our hearts for communion, may the abundance of your blessings that you've already given be poured out into our heart and minds. Jesus.